Preseason in full swing as the New York Red Bulls make another visit to the state of Arizona. Red Bull head coach Chris Armas swings by to talk about his expectations for this second camp as New York gears up for the MLS season opener March 1st against FC Cincinnati. I'm Matt Harmon. We keep you busy here on the New York Red Bulls radio network. Enjoy the latest edition of our Coaches Show. Always good to talk with Red Bull head coach Chris Armis. I'm Matt Harmon. This is the New York Red Bulls Radio Network in our second coaches show of the season. It is February, which means we have changed gears from being in Florida, preseason camp number one, a little bit of time at home to preseason camp number two. Back here, coach, in a pretty familiar spot, the city of Tucson uh, in the beautiful state of Arizona. It has become a spot that New York and the Red Bull organization has really kind of taken to over the course of the last couple of years. Yeah, Matt, it's equally good to sit with you and, and once again appreciate what you do for us. Um, yeah, with Tucson ends up being a, a location that checks a lot of boxes for us when you think about good fields, when you think about uh, <clears throat> the demands of what we're looking for, good weather, uh, the facility here, this this resort is, is top-notch. Uh, we get opposition that we... we uh, that we think is, is is sets us up for the for the season, and with the the theme of togetherness that we've been driving home, this setup in all ways sets up that, that we're connected, where we can be in close quarters and and enjoy all the other things. You know, I've been here uh, since the team started coming a few years ago, and the thing that has always struck me as unique in thinking of where the the games take place down at the Kino Sports Complex, you, you and the rest of the team so far removed from that in a way. At the resort that you're at, you've got your own essentially training ground. It It's become a unique but very together type atmosphere where you're away from kind of the I'll say hustle and bustle for whatever that means in preseason with a bunch of other teams buzzing around. It's really the New York Red Bulls doing their own thing on their own field, being able to set their own schedule and just being around each other. We love the other MLS teams. Well, not really, but um, we don't want to see them so much in preseason. We see enough of that during the season. And there is something to be said for when you want to just get to work that you can, you can just do it when essentially no one's watching and it's, that's what it becomes. It's about the work. So when you get the group together and you have, you know, many days, two sessions a day, just really feels like uh, it, it's a uh, almost surreal the way, when you're getting after it on, on our training fields that that there's mountains in the background. It's really an unbelievable uh, setup. So again, we came here to work, um, and and that's what we're doing, and it gives us a good chance to do that. We love the the video room that we have. We call it the classroom, um, and the fields are in good shape too. So with five minutes away from the hotel. Tell me about from preseason camp number one in Florida, and that was when the last time you and I had spoke, you were just getting ready to go down uh, to Florida, get through that first preseason camp. What what are the biggest differences between preseason camp number one and preseason camp number two? Does camp two become more 
tactical or maybe camp one is more fitness driven? What What's the differences in terms of what you're trying to accomplish from one to the next? That's a good question. And in camp one, it's about so much of, you know, coming together. Seven draft picks are involved, um, bigger numbers, some players from Red Bull too. Um, in those days, you're trying to manage a larger contingency of players. At the same time, you're almost getting the dust off and getting right back to the basics. Smaller numbers, small sided games, high intensity at, with our style of play. Um, really pushing the envelope with fitness. Um, some of it's just, it is some good old-fashioned running and and. And then a lot of it is just get, getting the guys accustomed to, to the style of play and back to that. At the same time, you're always balancing out veterans with new players that haven't ever really experienced that. So it's it's about piecing it together. We, we talk about uh, collecting the dots and then connecting the dots. So the first part is about just putting some pieces in place. In CAM 2, you, you start putting a greater demand on building up minutes with guys. You know, no longer 30 minutes or 45 minutes. You're starting to get your idea on some of the starters and pushing their minutes to 60 minutes, 75 minutes. Um, at the same time, you have other guys that you get those minutes as well because you're not set on your lineup. So you got to piece together other games. The challenge becomes that you have uh, what you love about Camp 1 is that it's so much about the training and the, the, the training methods in CAM 2, it becomes more about the tactics and bigger spaces, and which we love that too. So CAM 2, more uh, big spaces, bigger fields, more games, um, getting ready for, for opening day. When you think of it, Coach, you know, you had the preseason scrimmages, friendly games in Florida, uh, the scrimmage before you came down to Arizona, scrimmage against Phoenix. You'll have the three games here while you're here. Um, does it become at all about the results or is it more about the way you're playing? Well, if you had to put it side by side, it's more about the way we're playing. Um, because that's the process you want to feel like, uh, as a coaching staff and and within the, the players that the work that you're putting in is adding up and equaling something that uh, you feel like it's coming to life, that when you put it up against an opposition that we're able to impose our style of play and our will on teams. Now, so if you play a game and outshoot them 20 to 1 but lose 2 to 1, you'd, for us we would take in preseason the 20 to 1 shots uh, you know, and, and we'll take the loss. We'll deal with that. What you like about the victories and the results that it, it starts to create a, a habit of winning and that you can you can uh, not only impose your will, but you can actually find ways to win. So for me, it's a bit of both. Any, anything we do, uh, we've, we've talked a lot about winning habits. And, you know, so to get results is important in, 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 from my perspective, but m- more, more weight uh, is carried with... Uh, the process. You know, you've been here the last couple of years, both as an assistant coach and now the last couple of years as a head coach. And the idea of the Arizona camp the last couple of years, very different than maybe it is this year. And I say that thinking that there's no Champions League this year. So you don't have to worry about potentially players coming and going as much as they have in the past or 
the the top 18 only in Arizona for a few days, and maybe they get a scrimmage in one game in. Essentially, everybody that's here right now will be here for the duration of camp um, and have and have the experience and the opportunity to really focus and gear towards March 1st MLS opening day. Yeah, uh, we would love to be in Champions League. That's that is that's the down part. It's a goal of ours. So that that first and foremost, that's you know, there's a competition out there. We want to be in it. So yeah, that's that's not ideal. But what you gain from not being in it is, yeah, you, you can you can build a little a little more methodically and solely, and not thinking of it has to be a result on on day one, like a Champions League situation where it's the demands are so high, so everything gets fast forwarded, everything gets almost rushed a little bit, where results and, and, and become much more important in preseason. You can't try as many maybe different formations. You, you, you got to almost get to the starting lineup much quicker. So again, as much as you love that that preparation, um, we're making the most out of this preparation, which gives us a little more time for things to work on and to uh, come together better than ever. When you think of it, the last time that you and I spoke, which was our January edition, this being our February edition, a couple of things have happened that I think are important to talk about. Number one, uh, Kamar Lawrence no longer with the team, sold, and off to Europe, which um, certainly a goal that he made pretty vocal, that he wanted to go and, and play um, at, at a different place, at a different level. When you think of it right now, does him not being around um, open the door perhaps for a really good competition at left back. Yeah, look, the first part of it is Kamar gets a big opportunity for himself and he's had different aspirations and, and motivations to, to be elsewhere or go elsewhere. So we we owe him a big uh, thanks for, for the, his contributions to this club. I mean, from 2015 till, till now, it's... I think he and we could all be proud of, of uh, the work that he's done, and mainly him. He he deserves that for sure. Um, what we'll say moving forward, it always opens the door. It opens the door for other other players. Um, we're, we're addressing that every day. Um, we went ahead and, and drafted Patrick Segres and John Tolkien's now in from our academy. It's really exciting to see these young players getting opportunity and and. Yeah, what I'd finish with on that note is, and I promise you this, that this team is more together than I've ever seen it, um, and, and that the culture remains really strong, and that we, we are moving forward. I said the train is moving fast. We're moving forward with players that want to be here, that players that are all in, um, because for us, this is the only way to be. So we're excited about what the group that we have right now. Because um, it's a really big commitment level and togetherness. And then obviously the the other thing to talk about would be the hiring and the addition of Kevin Thelwell from Wolves coming over from the Premier League. No, he has not officially started with the team yet, um, but I would imagine you've had conversations with him about maybe the direction that things are, are headed and the direction that things are heading in the future. The best part just seems that Kevin is is coming from a mindset and bringing some experiences that are aligned with how we work and how we think, and that it probably starts and ends with with excellence. He's a proven winner. He's uh, 
really an intelligent person and soccer uh, person. I think from a cultural standpoint, it fits in really well to how, how we work and, and, and how we are all about the people and relationships. But above all, I think uh, he brings a real expertise that will make all of us better. And we can see it right away that uh, he, he's going to you know, push the, the, the bar and, and hold people to standards. That is exactly what, uh, what I think we want to continue to have around here. So had had a few conversations with him already, and I feel like I've known him for quite a long time because it's, it's really easy to connect with. Not that you have a ton of free time with preseason, preseason, preseason being the focus. Do you spend any time and, and I don't know, just for sake of argument, go back and look at a couple of Wolves games just to kind of see how maybe they played and what stylistic might be coming over from a thought process with, with his hiring? Yeah, we, look, we've... There, there's lots of games on weekends in this offseason, you know, and, and we, we know that team a little bit, a little bit different style of play than, than we are, but we've even talked a little tactically of how to, how to evolve things here within the, our philosophy. So, you know, we even had a conversation of, of how vertical that we are at that Wolves did a really good job of, of opening teams up and, and really thinking about width more than we do. So it's one of the things we've talked about, and, and we talk about minimal width on the field and how wide do you want to get because we're, we're always trying to create this net and this close, narrow, vertical playing style. But I think he's going to help add to, to what we're trying to do here. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, again, he's bringing lots of knowledge and experience in, in all levels, so that'll be one of them. Red Bull head coach Chris Armas joining us here, our monthly coaches show on the New York Red Bulls radio network. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll bounce around preseason uh, and get you set for the rest of this Arizona trip and the New York Red Bulls looking forward to taking on FC Cincinnati come March 1st, the MLS season opener. Download the New York Red Bulls app today to stay up to date on everything New York Red Bulls. Buy, share, and scan your tickets. Get all the latest news and content and listen to New York Red Bulls radio in English and Spanish. Then flip to arena mode to find concessions near your location and get real-time answers from the Red Bulls chatbot. Available now on iOS and Android or visit NewYorkRedBulls.com for more information. Our second segment here, our February Coaches Show. I'm Matt Harmon. My partner, Steve Jolly, and I, we have the New York Red Bull Radio broadcast for you on our TuneIn Radio channel, the New York Red Bulls app, and at NewYorkRedBulls.com. Don't forget, March 1st, the 2020 MLS season opens up. Go to NewYorkRedBulls.com for more ticket information. With the head coach, Chris Armas. Uh, coach, I got to ask you, as we sit here, it's, it's late night with Chris Armas. It's even later on the East Coast when you think of it, but late night with Chris Armas. And I was thinking, driving in tonight, I've seen you up early in the morning. Now I've seen you up late at night. Are you a morning or a nighttime person? Or because of your position, your 24-7, 365 clocks don't really make a difference as a professional soccer head coach? I, I think that it, the job requires work. And I'm comfortable you know, with with that rhythm. Um, I'd say I'm a morning person, mainly because there's a lot of people that are, are grumpy and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm good. When I wake up, I can, it doesn't take much for me to get going. 
Um, and you know, so I, and I don't feel like I always need a, a ton of sleep. So I'm, I'm generally a morning person, but I do some of the best uh, thinking and work at night when it's again the day quiets down. And I'm, as you can see in my room, there's there's these big white post-its on on the walls. It's wallpaper, but it's it's constant thinking and how to evolve and how to innovate and how to keep thinking about how we can be better and how to cover all the details and how to get more most out of people around me so and out of myself so yeah i'm i'm in these camps i, I think i get energy from the players i think I, they give me energy that that i can't wait for the next day so by the by the evenings and, and there'll be a little work to do even when we're done here just to think how can we maximize tomorrow right think about yesterday a little bit to to if you think about yesterday a little bit what you did and and where you want to go tomorrow Maybe that always helps me get the best out of today type of thing. That's how I look at it. I'm glad you brought up the paper around your room. Um, there's about 10 pretty large white pieces of paper with a lot of writing. And I have to say, a lot of angry looking scribbles. Are you okay? Do you, is there something you want to get off your chest? I mean, there's good writing, but then there's a lot of just scratching and what what what's happening in I mean, preseason? Funny, what is going on here? Anger. I think it's those are a little. That's some are for uh, running lines. Some are dribbling a ball. Some of it's yeah, maybe it's all that that yeah. We try to play with intensity and whose writing is all this? Is this all yours? Yeah, this is this is me. This is my artwork. But um, as you can see, it's just yeah. It's, there is details that goes go into it when you you try to uh, prepare for meetings. Try to prepare prepare for uh, you know what's ahead, but for me it's it's really about trying to cover the details and and all the things that I can control to try to get all of that right. That that helps me. I think uh, when my head finally hits the pillow, that it's I shut the light and I don't even you know it's good night. Thirty seconds, I'm out. I feel like at some point while I'm in Arizona over the course of the next week, I have to send a quick text to Steve Jolly and ask him if you were like this back in the mid-90s during preseason as a player? It's just very different. When you're a player, you, you think about playing and performing and eating and sleeping in preseason. As a, as a coach, it's it really, really – the, the enjoyment level is probably the same. Nothing's quite like playing, but, I mean, I, mean, I truly love what I do with the guys that I'm doing it with here. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's very different as a coach. It's really a, a different enjoyment level, but – it's certainly, uh, yeah, it's a lot going on. You mentioned uh, enjoying some of the guys. Let's get into some of the players. I, I, I was thinking um, on my trip out here, one of, I'll say that the, the feel-good stories, if there is such a thing in preseason so far, would have to be the return to the roster and the team of Florian Velo. Uh, you know, the last couple of years, his season cut short. I think he's such a unique, interesting player when it comes to how you want to play and within the system to keep him healthy all year, I know is is paramount and and option number one. Uh, but a, a healthy Florian Velo right now has a little extra bounce in his step. Yes, what we we've seen his his quality and his qualities. You know, it's not often that you find a player that can commits to playing against the ball the way he does, and technically can do that. Meaning he forward defends, he can counter press, he's. He, he wins a lot of balls and in, in, in interceptions, and at this. But when we win the ball, he's got an elegance and a calmness and a natural gift on the ball. 
that's that makes him really interesting for us and makes him different. So it's nice to see that he's picked up a few goals in preseason. It's nice to see that he's healthy and loving life again. He's always kind of struck me as a player within the Red Bull system that's a little bit of a six, a little bit of an eight, and a little bit of a ten. Yeah, he can play all of those positions. I think he can play striker and outside back, to be honest with you. He's just versatile. But we, we see him as a final third guy. So we see him in, in an 8 or a 10. Can operate in tight spaces between the lines, forward thinking. He runs well in the box. And he's got a really good ability to, to make final plays. And he's easy to play with. So he's an intelligent guy, good all-around player. Great to have him back. When you think of the structure of the roster as it sits right now, and you and I spoke of this a month ago in January, maybe some of the leadership questions with this team, without a Connor Laid, without a Brad, without a Luis, uh, that's opened the door for other players to maybe step up. And I, I know even going into the Florida camp, you mentioned a Tim Parker, a Sean Davis, that type of player, not just from a playing standpoint, from, from a leadership standpoint, uh, standpoint of being an older veteran player maybe making that next step from that side of their career yeah we listen we we know that we lost some leadership but like always when certain players depart and especially in, in leadership roles it, it opens the door now do others emerge do others step up do others uh, the voice get louder and do others voice come at all so, so it's a question it was a question but What's really impressive is Tim Parker, how vocal he's been, leader, playing well. That's been really impressive. Sean Davis, we've known, we, we've seen his growth, but he's been, he's, has, he has gone to a place he hasn't gone before. Aaron Long comes back into the team from the national team, and immediately there's a certain energy in the room. Amro Tarek, you know, you see his voice um, as, a, as an older player and that's been around taking real pride in, in the habits and details on the back line. So what you see is, is that, and then maybe the most, one of the most beautiful things, you see Kaku like stepping up into a leadership role and you know leading by example, um, coming every day with a real, you know, coming off an injury, like real desire and loved being out there, part of the team, enjoying it I, I you know seeing how he's playing right now it's it's really been interesting because he looks focused and sharp and really clear and comfortable in, in in where he is and the english is coming along too which has helped he's really speaking a lot of english you know chris i was going to ask you about kaku because if you think back to preseason last year the distractions with are you staying are you going it was it was an odd season for him in a lot of ways and watching even the, the digital content social media team that we have here with Red Bull, they're either capturing him, him in the perfect moments where he has a smile on his face, he looks, as you just said, comfortable, a different mindset and mentality. Uh, it doesn't seem to be an act. It seems to be very genuine that he has really bought into things, at least in the preseason so far this year. When we think back about his journey, we have to give him a lot of credit because for a young player to leave his country and leave his family, uh, you know, his parents and, you know, family and a lot of people behind that are relying on him and depending on him, a lot of pressure to come to a place where he doesn't speak the language. Um, and then, and then, yeah, then he, then he gets into the national team and then there's, there's interest from outside. There's a lot thrown his way. 
And then how has he responded to that and how has he dealt with that? I think he's really should be proud of, of the way he's handled all that, the way that, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, some, some of the difficult things that, that came his way that he's grown a lot. And now I think he really feels comfortable with the people around him because, one, I think time is, has helped, but I think he really knows that the people around him are, are one, you know, his best interest is, is paramount. And I think he knows that we care about him. And I think then it becomes that he cares about us. And then all of a sudden, you can really start getting somewhere. So really uh, good to see him so happy, so comfortable, and he's playing better than ever. And of course, he's off of his injury, so uh, good to have him back out there. Was that ever a, a, an issue for you during your playing career? I mean, you, you had such a fantastic career, both from the national team side and with Major League Soccer, from that mental aspect of feeling wanted and feeling connected to the team and the organization. Was that ever an issue for you as a, as a player where you can almost relate maybe to what he, he went through since joining the New York Red Bulls? Not quite like that, you know. I'd be, I'd be a little, yeah. It wouldn't be fair to, for me to com compare my situations to, to him, really getting outside that comfort comfort zone. If, if we talk about comfort zones, like I got pushed in different ways, but again, going to a, a foreign land to 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 play the game, and we, I don't know what it is to not truly understand the language. You're trying to connect with people, but how do they feel about me? How, you know. I give him a lot of credit. Much different uh, situation that I, I was in. I was put in situations where I had to get outside my comfort zone. Being moving from New York to LA uh, as a young player to to make it in this league, where yeah, it was difficult for me to to just find my way and 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 really establish myself. And then of course there was there's other there's the national team when you're fighting every single day to prove yourself. So you know, dealing with injuries and setbacks that I had and had to come back. So I was pushed. And so if you can probably compare that we both have been challenged to be at our best in the toughest moments. And I think that was something that I, I was able to do quite comfortably, to be honest with you. I, I, I was pretty good at being comfortable, being uncomfortable. And I think Kaku is, is really impressive in this way. When you think of the roster makeup of things right now, uh, we spoke about Kamar Lawrence not being with the team anymore, and you mentioned right on top of that John Tolkien, Patrick Segrist. Then you look at the rest of the outside backs, Kyle Duncan, Reese Buckmaster. You've got uh, Mandela Egbo coming in when he gets his visa situation cleared. The one theme certainly about the outside back position right now, and, and I'm not sure how much of it is a worry slash concern for you in preseason quite yet, is all of those guys share one thing. They are extremely young to the point where Kyle Duncan all of a sudden now becomes almost the elder states, uh, statesman of that group. Yeah, look, of course, you know, with, with players don't, don't have a ton of uh, games under their belts, it's, some could say it's a concern, but there's a lot of belief in these guys. And what you can see is a real commitment every day for these players to, to do well to to a real pride in the way they they play not to let their teammates down and they're all in with the philosophy so when you have a, a player that yeah they're they don't have the experience quite yet but they're fully committed to the team and the tactics that's that gives you the comfort that you know you're gonna see a couple of guys emerge um yeah kyle duncan does 
start to to look more of a veteran guy in that younger group and um he's off to a good start and he's healthy and and mandela egbo comes with some different experiences you know a kid from england that that um a uh, really impressive young man that that left England fairly young, 17, 18 years old, to go play in Germany at Gladbach too, and eighty something games there, and and didn't go to Germany just kind of to check it out. Right, he's he's been fighting there in uh, in a real competitive mode to to, to fight through um, tough situations to try to crack through, and now he's at Darmstadt, so he's. He comes with an interesting uh, background. So we're excited to see what he looks like with our group. Let's finish with the goalkeeper spot because you've got David Jensen in camp to go along with Ryan Mara and the rest of the keepers as well. Um, and, and after you and I had spoken in January, the week after that, Ryan and Sean were both on from Florida. And it was the day after the official announcement coming with David Jensen signing with the team. And like he always does, Ryan handled it with nothing but just complete calm, confidence, and class. Um, but now all of a sudden, you, you have a pretty interesting decision to make over the course of preseason and going in uh, to the season opener with, with two very good goalies to, to look at. Yeah, look, it's anytime we add a player uh, to this roster, we say that this move should make us better. So... When you lose Luis Robles and, and he's not in the mix anymore, you want to feel like you have other players that can, you know, play well and, and meet the demands of that position and, and yeah, make our team better. So we've always seen Ryan Mira as a, a number one. We think that was a big part of Luis's success. And I think Ryan genuinely felt part of that Luis's success because he pushed him every day and was right there all the time. Uh, with David coming in, we see him clearly as a number one as well. So now we were back to a really interesting situation. We want to see, uh, you know, Ryan, we think, has earned an opportunity, you know. And, and in the end, like always, do lineups pick themselves? I'm not sure, but it, it usually comes out in the end. And knowing Ryan and the competitor that he is and the leader that he is and what a genuine, real guy David coming in will push him. David will be supportive. Orion will push David. It'll be a great internal competition that on any good team and winning team, it has to be there. Should be fun to have it see uh, go and, and unfold during the course of the preseason. Uh, Coach, I appreciate your time here tonight. As always, the, the honesty, the forthcoming about everything going on during the course of this preseason. Looking forward to talking to you um, next month for our March edition. We'll be up and going in the MLS season by then. Enjoy Arizona, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Matt. Always good seeing you. Thank Th you. That is Red Bull head coach Chris Armis. We appreciate the technical assistance tonight of the one and only John Gasparoni, Gordon Stevenson, our main director, producer as well. I'm Matt Harmon. Thanks, as always, for listening to us here. We'll keep you busy all preseason long on the New York Red Bulls radio network. 